Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee, by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the they found the telephone and electricity line. Weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Cup of murder. An alibi can stand between a person and a prison cell. If you can explain where you were at the time and day of a crime, then obviously you aren't guilty. On June 3, 1955, a woman without an alibi was executed. And, in fact, it was her desperation for one that put her behind bars. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Barbara Graham, born June 26, 1923, in Oakland, California, lived a hard life. Her mother was a sex worker who herself was just a child when she had Barbara. When she was just two years old, her mother was sent to a reform school and she was left to be raised by family and friends until her release. As Barbara grew older, despite being an intelligent girl, had limited education and decided to turn to a life of crime like her mother. When she was a teen, she was sent to the same reformatory school as her mother when she was arrested for vagrancy. 
she was released in 1939 and attempted to make a new life for herself. She got married to a man in the Coast Guard, enrolled in business college, and had children. But by 1942, she was divorced and her husband had custody of her boys. She tried to remarry a few times, and she quickly realized that this traditional lifestyle was not working for her. She became a sex worker like her mother before her, and became known as a seagull, which was a sex worker who flocked near naval bases during World War II to find clientele. She was good-looking, young, and was very good at her job. But soon she found herself in the wrong crowd. She started gambling and became involved in illegal drug circles, finding friendship with a number of ex-cons and career criminals. She spent five years in prison for perjury as a false alibi witness for two of her friends. By 1953, she was back in Los Angeles working on Hollywood Boulevard, picking up Johns, and married a man named Henry Graham. Henry was a bartender at one of her favorite haunts and was, by all accounts, a hardened criminal. Through her new husband, she met Jack Santo and Emmett Perkins, whom she began having an affair with. One day, Emmett mentioned that he knew of a 64-year-old widow named Maybelle Monahan, who was known to keep large chunks of money and jewelry in her home in Burbank. So Barbara, armed with this information and her accomplices, made a plan to rob the little old lady. On March 9, 1953, Barbara Graham knocked on Mabel's door and asked to use her phone. Once the woman opened the door, Barbara, Emmett, Jack, and two other men named John True and Baxter Shorter pushed their way into the home and demanded the money and jewelry. Mabel stood her ground and refused to give them what they wanted. That's when Barbara grew angry and began pistol-whipping Mabel, cracking her skull, and then grabbed a pillow and suffocated the woman to death. Mabel was dead and the gang left with nothing. They wouldn't find out until much later that what they missed in the course of their robbery gone wrong was a purse in her closet that contained $15,000 in jewels and valuables. The closet, which was right by Mabel's dead body, contained about $145,000 in today's money. The following morning, when Mabel's gardener arrived for work, he found the door was ajar and the home looked as though it had been ransacked. He called police and Mabel Monahan was found in the hallway, hands tied behind her back and suffocated to death. Soon after her death, Mabel's daughter offered a $5,000 reward for any information leading to an arrest. A week later, an informant looked to claim the reward led police to ex-con Baxter Shorter. Baxter gave his statement to police on March 31st and was able to provide the first names of three of his partners, Emmett, John and Jack, and a physical description of the female who seemingly made all the calls. Police turned their attention to John Santo and Emmett Perkins, who were both well-known and had lengthy criminal records. Also known to police were their common associates, John True and Barbara Graham. Police were getting a clear picture of who was involved in Mabel's murder and were in the process of putting all of the pieces together. They brought in John True for questioning, but he, of course, claimed he knew nothing about the murder and was released. Despite this, on April 13th, the San Francisco Examiner reported that a suspect was being held and that this man had given the names of his accomplices. On April 14th, Baxter Shorter was kidnapped at gunpoint by Jack Santo and Emmett Perkins in retaliation for giving police their name. He was never seen again. 
After this, John True became worried about what the men would do to him, so he agreed to testify against all of them in return for immunity. He had no prior criminal record, so the DA agreed, and they listened on as John placed all of the blame on Barbara Graham. The remaining members of the gang were arrested, and Barbara was dubbed Bloody Babs in the press. Barbara, realizing she had no alibi for the night of the attack, knew she was doomed. So she accepted another inmate's offer to pay $25,000 in exchange for a friend of the inmate providing a false alibi. What she didn't know was incredibly opportunistic and that this friend was a police officer. The pair met and Barbara was caught on tape, not just trying to arrange an alibi with the officer, but admitting that she was there the night of the murder. The inmate was released for her assistance and Barbara damned her entire case. Barbara Graham, Jack Santo, and Emmett Perkins were all sentenced to death for their robbery and murder. On June 3, 1955, after a number of small stays of execution, Barbara Graham was led to the gas chamber. Her final words were, good people are always so sure they're right. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on June 4th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.